Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So a friend of mine uh, just texted me um, and said, so um, what do you think of the Quinn hire? I'm not excited about it. I would have preferred McDonald or Vrabel. Do you have any insider info? Skins look amateurish. This is the narrative out there on this Quinn hire that drives me nuts. Um, again, what happened, I think, more than anything else over the last two weeks is that the perception that Ben Johnson was a done deal was not matching up with the reality uh, and everybody became disappointed when they couldn't combine the number one GM, young GM, with the number one young offensive assistant. Um, that's not where they were behind the walls in Ashburn. I think they were very impressed with Mike, with Dan Quinn, excuse me, uh, right from the jump. Uh, joining us right now, uh, and I call, I, I DM'd him to, to, to have him on the show because I read this story that Brian Nemhauser, who has a Seahawks blog called Hawk Blogger, uh, by the way, you can follow Brian on Twitter, at Hawk Blogger. He wrote a story titled, Dan Quinn is better than you think, almost suggesting that Seattle didn't get it right with McDonald, that they should have hired their former defensive coordinators. So Brian joins us right now, courtesy of our BetQL guest hotline. Bet smarter, beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. Brian, thank you so much. I read your story. I don't know how I found it. I think somebody sent it to me, but it was really thorough, really well done. Uh, summing it up for everybody who hasn't read your story about Dan Quinn being better than you think, why is Dan Quinn better than some think? Yeah, Kevin. First, thanks for having me, and uh, good morning. Uh, yeah, it, this was written from a you know fan of, of the Seahawks' perspective or, or someone who's involved with the Seahawks' fan base, and this was before the Mike McDonald hire, and really there was a pretty strong reaction to this notion of, uh, Dan Quinn just being a an uninspiring hire, and uh, 
that for me was was very reactionary and I think pretty reductive based on the, his track record and resume. I think a lot of people have some recency bias after a admittedly awful showing by the Cowboys defense in the playoffs against uh, the Packers. But if you go and you look back at uh, really coaching history in the NFL, there are a lot of the greats that get it wrong the first time and get it right the second time. And Dan Quinn, someone who in a lot of ways got it right the first time. There are not a lot of uh, coaches in their first go around that make a Super Bowl at all, let alone take a team that was, you know, four and 12, six and 10 to the Super Bowl two years into their tenure. And this is a guy who has worked under some of the best. He worked under Nick Saban in Miami. He worked under Pete Carroll. He has a really long and proven tenure on the defensive side of the ball. And more importantly, this is a guy that I think hired arguably the best staff of any first-time coach in maybe the last decade. Um, That included Kyle Shanahan, which I, I know Washington fans know well, who was not a like he was not the Kyle Shanahan reputation wise that he is now and excellent Dan point. Quinn gets a lot of credit for that. Yeah, excellent point. And I pointed that out earlier is that coming off the Cleveland thing, Kyle was not the hot OC candidate, uh, and he put together a staff that included both Lafleur's, uh, included um, uh, uh, Kyle Shanahan and included uh, the Dolphins head coach uh, on that staff, including Raheem Morris is the D coordinator. Yep. Uh, Jeff Ulbrich, who's up in New York. Uh, It was a stacked, stacked staff. Um, And and these are guys like, look, uh, they were a package deal. Dan Quinn and Kyle Shanahan, they'd already picked each other to work with. And one of the things that Dan Quinn admitted at that point is, being someone who is defensive-oriented and a real tactician on that side of the ball, he understood what made offensive play callers hard to deal with and hard to defend. And he identified that in Kyle Shanahan, where other people weren't seeing it. So I think there's reason to believe that he can do that again after he's had some time to reflect on his first experience as a head coach. Can you just, you know, expand a little bit on they came as a package deal? You know, we didn't follow that closely, uh, uh, in Atlanta, I'm talking about you did is Quinn, you know, left and uh, then came back um, as a head coach eventually in Atlanta. Um, did Arthur Blank essentially hire both Dan and Kyle as a package deal? Uh, no, it was more that Dan Quinn uh, he identified Kyle Shanahan as the guy he was bringing over even before the you know um, I think his first press conference in Atlanta you know, he was already pretty clear this was the guy that was his first hire, and uh, he was pretty open about that. So, Dan, a lot of these coaching candidates, they've identified their staff well before they get their next job, and it's part of the interview process. So you can bet that that the owner knew coming in that that that, that was someone that Dan wanted to bring along with him. All right, so one of the reasons you believe that Dan Quinn is better than maybe some think, you know, we've heard the term retread here in Washington. Ron Rivera, too, is a popular sentiment among many of the fans. Um, His ability to hire a staff you talked about in Atlanta. What else do you think makes Dan Quinn better than people think? Well, you know, uh, Dan Quinn is uh, in every place that he has 
been a defensive coordinator, coordinator, he has had a top five defense, you know, by advanced metrics. Uh, I don't know how much your listeners DVOA. follow things like DVOA, but, yeah. but he is, he has built great defenses wherever he's gone. He also has done so by not doing the same scheme. He took Pete Carroll's scheme to, to Atlanta, but he's adapted to what he's done in Dallas with a different scheme. Um, and despite this, you know, recent uh, story about him not being able to handle the Shanahan uh, right. coaching tree on the offense, this is a guy that just last year his defense held Mike Shanahan, or Kyle Shanahan's uh, offense to 19 points in the playoffs, and then the year before held them to 23 points. And in almost all the games that people are like holding that defense accountable, Dak Prescott was throwing two interceptions, three interceptions. The offense was having four turnovers, three turnovers. And I think that that misses, I think, the broader scheme. I think you also have to point out that against Sean McVay, who's another wonderkin offensive play caller, he's held that tree in check. Uh, Rams, 20 points this year, 10 points the year before. Uh, held the Vikings uh, last year to three points. So he has demonstrated that this is a guy that really understands that side of the ball and therefore also has the ability to um, you know, help defensive line. As a defensive line coach, in every place he's been, he has found ways to ac- accentuate defenders on the line and to bring great guys in, Grady Jarrett in Atlanta, Micah Parsons in Dallas. So I don't know that Ron Rivera has that kind of track record um, on one side of the ball. Yeah, I want to point out to to those that, that that didn't follow that. There's been some criticism of Dan Quinn's ability to match up against the Shanahan coaches, the Mike Shanahan tree coaches. Uh, you know, and this year, obviously, the last impression not a good one because they were absolutely torched. You know, 41 offensive points. Dak didn't play well, but that was a defensive loss earlier this year. 42 to 10 at San Francisco. But as Brian pointed out, they destroyed the Rams uh, in Dallas. And by the way, I think there were defensive touchdowns uh, in that mm-hmm. game as well. Um, there, there have been a lot of defensive touchdowns in Dallas the last few years. And you pointed out that in the previous playoff matchup, specifically against Kyle, last year the 19-12 to game in Santa Clara, the year before the wild card round game in Dallas, he did an excellent job defensively, and it was more about what Dallas's offense didn't do. Yeah, and look, there is, there is, Kevin, there's always risk in head coach hires. We all know that. They often don't last that long. But while everyone, we are certainly, you know, in Seattle, very excited about Mike McDonald, there's risk because you've never seen this guy actually do the whole CEO job of being a head coach and lead a whole team and manage a whole staff and make all the decisions you have to make week in, week out. Dan Quinn, that's not, a, that's not a risk. This guy is already someone who has been a leader, is respected, has done it time and again. So your risks are different here. Your risks are more, can he fill out uh, his offensive staff uh, the same, like, to the same level he did before? Can he bring his defensive excellence here and, and upgrade that? I don't think that those are huge risks. And so, uh, you know, I understand why people are potentially not as excited and never feels good to know that you maybe got your second or third choice. But I think there's a lot of reasons to believe Dan Quinn could end up being one of the best hires of this class. 
Yeah, and you pointed something out earlier that we talked about. The the idea of retread is it's got such a negative connotation and yet there are there's just a a long long list of coaches that when they were hired may have been referred to as retreads and they went on to have much better second acts than they did first acts. Uh, you know, just, you know, Andy Reid is an example just in terms of the coaches coaching um, in the Super Bowl time, you know, Pete Carroll, you had one uh, in yeah. Seattle, um, you know, when check. he was hired there. Uh, but the list goes, you know, we, I went through the, the whole list yesterday. Actually, you had two of them. You had Holmgren and you had K- Pete Carroll. You guys hired two retreads and they both did well. Yeah, I mean, as you said, uh, it sounds like you've went, gone through the list. Bill Belichick certainly on that list. Mike yeah. Shanahan certainly on that list. Um, and look, as much as everybody loves these young offensive minds, Sean McVay's got one ring, and I think he's pretty fortunate to have that one. Kyle Shanahan has zero rings and may still have zero rings. Uh, we'll see what happens in, in a week here. And so if you look at it, this, this, this narrative out there that you've got to hire the hot, young, offensive guy, look, um, a lot. D'Amico Ryans is a potential coach of the year candidate. Defense, only three of the last 11 hires have been on the offensive side, offensive coordinator side um, in the NFL for head coach. And if, basically, if you have a hot, young, defensive coach, Mike McDonald was obviously one of the hottest prospects this year. It's just hard to keep um, on either side of the ball. So I think Dan Quinn certainly qualifies as one of the best defensive coordinators in the game and someone who's already taken a team to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons to feel like uh, if he can improve on what he did there and learn from what he did there, I'd be very excited if I was a Washington fan. Brian Nemhauser is joining us. He has a blog called Hawk Blogger. You can follow him on X, follow him on Twitter, at Hawk Blogger. It's a Seattle Seahawks blog, and he wrote a story earlier this week uh, titled uh, Dan Quinn's Better Than You Think. Um, I think one of the specific reasons that perhaps a lot of people here uh, Brian wanted the hot offensive guys because they're likely going to take a quarterback at number two overall. Um, and if they do that, it's better to have the head coach that you know is going to be here forever rather than the offensive coordinator if they end up having success moving on and then you've got to have another offensive coordinator. But that's not the way they went. They went Dan Quinn, a defensive head coach. So I'm curious if you have thoughts about what Dan Quinn will be looking for in an offensive coordinator. There are a lot of names being circulated. It will be a crucial hire for him, given that they will likely take a quarterback at number two overall. Um, You followed him uh, in Seattle. You followed him after Seattle, clearly. So do you have a gut feel for the direction he goes OC-wise? Well, there was, uh, this is one of the, you'll appreciate this from a media perspective. There was a reporter for the University of Oregon, you know, a beat reporter for University of Oregon, very small uh, Eugene reporter, who said early on weeks ago that Chip Kelly was rumored to be uh, a guy that Dan Quinn had identified as his OC. Um, And there was a lot of talk amongst uh, Seahawks fans and media about was that could that possibly be true and then sure enough as I'm sure you've seen uh, since Dan Quinn's 
been hired by Washington, the rumor has emerged that Chip Kelly is is one of the candidates. So that would be an interesting an interesting decision. Um, one way to uh, maybe have a little bit less uh, chance of someone leaving um, right away is just hire a former head coach. A lot of the former head coaches are not necessarily the ones that are getting the next job. Um, and a guy that, you know, came into the league uh, in Philadelphia and if you look back, had pretty remarkable success with pretty poor quarterbacks. You're talking about Nick Foles. You're talking about Mark Sanchez uh, in Philadelphia that he had top 10 offenses with. Um, and so he's probably learned as well about what didn't work and why that didn't last. And so if Dan Quinn has identified Chip Kelly as a guy who he thinks he can work with, I think there's reason to believe that might be the answer. And uh, Washington fans certainly have memory of Chip Kelly from his days at Philadelphia. Are you, uh, I mean, you wrote this story as a fan. Are you upset that they didn't hire Dan Quinn versus the Mike McDonald hire? Uh, no, no. I mean, I, even in the article, I, I'm pretty, try to be pretty clear about that, that Mike McDonald's been my top choice from the beginning. And it is, he is a defensive guy. He has the same risks. And the Seahawks are in the same position of potentially looking to hire or, or draft a young quarterback that you want to grow over the next few years, maybe sitting behind Geno Smith. Um, so, yeah, Mike McDonald, for me, he comes with more unknowns. So he has a lower, lower floor. He could be a total disaster. But I think he potentially has a higher ceiling um, because there's some unknowns there. And I think he comes with some real scheme advantage. But, you know, I, I'll be very honest, and I said this with other folks. I've said it on my show. Um, when I look at all the candidates that got hired, the one guy that I'm like, man, we may regret not having brought this guy in, mainly because of just, like, people had this narrative out there that this was like a meh hire, is Dan Quinn. Um, it's a guy that I've met. I met Pete Carroll's most of his staff. I met Gus Bradley. Gus Bradley was a golden retriever, uh, you know, high energy, really outgoing. Um, Dan Quinn is a mastiff. I mean, this guy is, is he's, he's a great combination between a Nick Saban and a Pete Carroll. He can bring positive energy. He is a great leader, but he's also dead serious and he builds tough football teams. So, you know, I think this is a really solid hire. I'm very, very happy about Mike McDonald, but Dan Quinn would have been right there, um, right behind him for me. I mean, given what Seattle and ownership and organizationally John Schneider, et cetera, knew about Quinn, why do you think that they didn't take him seriously as a candidate? Oh, I, I do think they took him seriously. I think that it, it's a little bit of a different situation in Seattle. You have to understand that this was – a big deal to move on from Pete Carroll, who's sure. been the best coach in Seahawks history. And for Seahawks fans, and maybe for ownership as well, Dan Quinn, even though he's had a massive career and worked for a bunch of different coaches, there's this association of he's you know associated with Pete Carroll. And so is this just more of the same? I don't think you have that same issue in Washington. This is, you know, maybe people feel like it because he's on the defensive side of the ball. But Mike McDonald is on the defensive side of the ball as well. So, you know, I think primarily this was John Schneider. This is his one chance to make a new hire. And I think he's rolling the dice on one of these younger, 
uh, more unknown guys that has hopefully higher upside. And, and so I think uh, he wants to have his own stamp. He does not want this to just be more Pete Carroll, but like under the flag of John Schneider. I think that's the primary reason. Brian, any, um, lastly, you know, because you've been covering them for so long and he's been regarded as a guy that players and coaches alike really respect and love. Any stories that you have from Quinn's time in Seattle? Um, you know, the things that stand out about Dan Quinn, I'll give you two quick ones. Um, one, you know, very much lesser known, but like part of the, what became that Legion of Boom defense, Dan Quinn, uh, he, in 2009, actually, uh, was a big part of why the Seahawks signed an, an undrafted free agent named Michael Bennett. Mm-hmm. Um, the Seahawks actually, uh, the, the GM at the time, Tim Ruskell, cut him so that the Seahawks could keep two kickers on the roster, of all things. He went to Tampa Bay, uh, had, as, as you probably know, emerged there as a very good player. And then Dan Quinn was the reason. Michael Bennett admitted that he came back to Seattle and essentially completed what was the best defense of, of this generation. Um, not only that, but uh, he inherited a, a defensive lineman named Red Bryant, uh, much less heralded, but he was a defensive tackle. He was underperforming. Dan Quinn went to Pete Carroll and said, we're going to take this 300-pound defensive tackle and we're going to make him a 4-3 defensive end. There aren't, many, there aren't any 4-3 defensive ends that are 300 pounds, at least at that time. And that was a massive part of how that 4-3 defense that they ran became ex- excellent against the run. Um, and, and these were just innovations that, and, and, and relationships that Dan Quinn built uh, that – wouldn't have happened. So where Pete Carroll was a secondary coach, Dan Quinn has always been a defensive line guy. And when you can combine those two things, um, you have something really special. So I, I do think another big hire to watch out for is who he brings in to, to run his secondary. Um, I think that's a, an important hire for him. Thank you so much. Uh, really good information. Enjoyed reading your story. Uh, thanks, Brian. Take care. Happy to do it, Kevin. Yep. Brian Nemhauser at Hawk Blogger on Twitter. Um, part, one of the lines in his story, um, he referenced Albert Breer on a podcast talking about Dan Quinn and something that I didn't know, but Ben uh, Brian mentioned uh, briefly, and that is that Nick Saban hired him, uh, loved Dan Quinn when Dan Quinn was a younger coach, and hired him when he was the head coach briefly in Miami, uh, hired him to be his D line coach, um, eventually made his way to Seattle. As he mentioned, 2009, 2010 left and actually went to college and coached with urban Meyer, uh, at Florida for a couple of years before returning to coach Seattle in 2013 and 2014 as their defensive coordinator, where they were the number one defense by every measure, uh, yards, points, DVOA, uh, you name it. Uh, the Legion of Boom defense in 2013-2014 led Seattle, obviously, to a Super Bowl win and then a Super Bowl loss, but um, a dominant defensive team. You know, the teams in Atlanta, he had a couple of teams defensively that were pretty good. The 2016 team, however, that went to the Super Bowl 
really did so much more on the strength of Kyle Shanahan's offense. Uh, They were involved in shootout after shootout uh, during the course of that season, including the Super Bowl. You know, the playoffs that year, 36-20 over Seattle, who they beat at home. Then they beat the Packers and Aaron Rodgers in the NFC title game, 44-21. And then, of course, had the 28-3 lead in the Super Bowl and lost 34-28 in overtime. Uh, But that team offensively, was dominant. Uh, That 2016 team offensively finished in the top three in almost every offensive category. By the way, other than points, yes, they're important, but Atlanta and Washington in 2016 were top two in multiple uh, advanced statistical offensive numbers. Um, But Atlanta was the number one scoring team in 2016. Uh, They were the number two overall in yards, and they were the number one DVOA offense in 2016. Not a great defensive team, though, on the team that he took to the Super Bowl. The next year, it was an outstanding defensive team in Atlanta, and that was one of the reasons they actually were right there with a chance in the postseason. They were really a play away uh, from the NFC Championship game uh, that particular season. Uh, They would have ended up playing Minnesota uh, in the NFC title game in Minnesota. Instead, that Case Keenum team came to Philadelphia um, and lost uh, the NFC title game. But the 2017 team was a good football team led by their defense with Steve Sarkeesian as the offensive coordinator. The 2016 team that went to the Super Bowl was really led by their offense with Kyle Shanahan, and they were not nearly as good defensively. Uh, probably part and parcel to blowing the 28-3 lead. Even though Kyle decided to throw the ball when he probably should have run it, they could have kicked a field goal. Uh, The bottom line is Tom Brady still needed to score 25 points consecutively to force overtime and then score again in overtime on the opening drive to win the game. Uh, Good perspective from uh, Brian Nemhauser from Hawk Blogger. Uh, We'll get to some Denton news when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, the Team980.com. We are also free and live on the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Uh, it's frosty. It's freezing. We're going to have a little bit of a warm-up, then it's going to get cold. And if you finally had enough of the frigid drafts coming through your windows and the frustration of higher and higher heating bills... It's time to fight the February cold with quality replacement windows from Window Nation. This month only, replace your windows and save big with 50% off on all window styles, plus zero down, zero interest, and no payments for 24 months. Two years, you've got windows that you're paying half price on, but you don't have to pay anything until the year 2026. Window Nation's professional installation teams have over 10 years of experience. Plus, they can install your new windows in one day or less. And these windows, they come with a lifetime warranty. With proven quality and service, it's no wonder thousands of homeowners have trusted Window Nation for their homes. And you can too. Don't miss out with 50% off and zero down plus zero interest and no payments for 24 months. You can't afford to wait. It's easy. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com to schedule a free in-home estimate. Mention my name, you get a free estimate, and then you're going to get half price on the windows and you don't have to pay anything with no interest accruing for two full years. 866-90-NATION, windownation.com. Let's get to some Denton news. Hitting the news you might have missed. It's Denton's Daily News. All right, Denton, what do you have? All right, so we're talking a lot about offensive coordinators and who our team is going to hire. Well, two teams are closing in on their guy. We're going to start in Vegas. They hired Antonio Pierce as their head coach, stripped the interim tag from him, and now it seems they're going for Cliff Kingsbury, as their next offensive coordinator, the long-time, well, not long-time, short-time Cardinal coach. He did some work with USC uh, this year. Now he's joining the Raiders as their offensive coordinator. Cliff Kingsbury is not a head coach. He's one hell of an offensive mind and offensive coordinator, whether it was what he did you know, in the years at Houston or certainly at Texas Tech uh, with Mahomes. Um, Kyler Murray's coach when he comes into the league, uh, and recently with Caleb Williams at USC. Uh, I, as if I were a Raiders fan, I would be thrilled that Cliff. I'd be thrilled that Antonio Pierce is staying first and foremost, and I would be very excited about Cliff Kingsbury. Now, my question to you is, who's the quarterback? Because Aiden O'Connell, even though we both liked him coming out of Purdue. Jimmy Garoppolo's there. Uh, That's not the young, dynamic quarterback. They have some dynamic talent, obviously, with Devontae Adams, with um, uh, uh, Jacoby Myers, right? He's still there, I think. Uh, You've got Josh Jacobs, although is he? No, uh, they have a they have a contract thing with him. They got him on a one year deal this year because they they franchised him, right? Yeah, so I don't know if he's going to be back. Good point. Um, Yeah, so this team actually played some really good football at the end of the year when Pierce took over the Raiders' operation. Their first game I remember was against the Lowly Giants. 
right? And they annihilated the Giants. And I think it was the next week that the Giants came here and won. Um, they were competitive the rest of the season. There was one hideous result, which was a three to nothing loss against Minnesota. But remember that Thursday night game where they scored 63 against the Chargers? They beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead on Christmas Day. Um, They almost knocked the Colts out of the playoff picture. Uh, They were right there. Um, They just need, if Cliff Kingsbury decides, they just need a quarterback. And I don't know if they can get one in the draft. You know, they may be a player for Kirk Cousins or for Russell Wilson. Or for Justin Fields. I don't know about the Fields thing. But they they will be, I think, active in the trade and free agency market, I would expect, for a quarterback. Don't you think? Yeah, I would, I would anticipate. I mean, Russ would make sense. You know, he stayed in Denver because Sierra wanted to be close to the West Coast. Well, Vegas is pretty close to the West Coast. She can do a residency while, while he's practicing. I actually don't think Justin Fields would be a bad idea, though. I and mean, if you look at what Cliff Kingsbury's done with Caleb Williams— and with Kyler Murray, like Justin Fields fits into that mold of being a guy that can throw and run. So that might actually not be a terrible idea. And you won't have to move a ton in terms of uh, draft picks to get him. That, that's my thought, at least. I think you can lowball uh, Chicago if they're going to go and draft Caleb Williams. So I, I don't think Justin Fields is a bad idea for Las Vegas. Raiders pick 13th uh, in the first round. Um so they will, I would guess, more likely than not, have you know a Bo Nix or a JJ McCarthy or a Michael Penix. I mean, you know, all of these mock drafts after the first three are all over the place. I think I've seen JJ McCarthy mocked more as the fourth quarterback than anybody else, but I've also seen JJ McCarthy as the only other first round mocked quarterback with Nix and Penix Jr. going in the second round. So. The Raiders have, you know, a chance at 13 probably to get a quarterback. Maybe they've got a chance in the next round. Uh, I say that, and I am i don't want to sell Aiden O'Connell short because he actually played at times some pretty good football uh, for them. He's a bigger dude. He's, he's slow. He's an in-the-pocket, non-mobile quarterback. But he had some games this year. I remember the game um, – uh, because uh, I bet it, um, the Indianapolis game late in the season when they were right there it, it, with the chance to knock off the Colts and knock them out of the playoffs, and he was outstanding in that game. I'm pulling up the um, – Yeah, it was 299, two tutties, no interceptions. It's a good yeah, game. Yeah, he was really good in that game. You know, he had a better game than – I mean, he kept them right in it. I mean, that was, that, that was a game that basically came down to – you know, a chance uh, for a field goal at the end, I think, for the Raiders to to, to force overtime. Anyway, uh, what else do you have? So the other team that is uh, eyeing in on their uh, their offensive coordinator is the Seattle Seahawks. They hired Mike McDonald earlier this week, and they're looking right now at bringing former Washington offensive coordinator who is technically currently the offensive coordinator at Alabama, though he hasn't really coached anything. That's Ryan Grubb as their OC. I think this would be a great hire. I think Ryan Grubb is phenomenal. I think he built a really good offense. And if you look at Seattle, and as you just mentioned, likely only four quarterbacks going in round one. If they can land Michael Penix in round two and then have Geno for a year, then put Michael Penix in with the offense that he's run for all five years of his his college career, I mean, that's a 
that's a heck of a win, especially with those wide receivers they I got there. I wonder if that's why they're hiring him. I mean, that that was to me, that would be a very, very smart move. I think Penix is best in an offense he knows, and that's why he was so good, is because he was in the same offense for five years in college. Um Yeah. Yeah, because he it was the same offense from Indiana to Washington. Um All right, that's interesting. Uh Grub was. I'm just. I, I'm. I'm blanking right now. I don't know why I'm blanking on Bama's quarterback this year. Jalen Milrow. Oh, Milrow, of yeah. course. So he coached Milrow this year. No, he no. Uh, he was with uh, Washington this year. He just joined. He's technically Alabama's OC because he followed Kalen DeBoer. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. He. Fo- that's right. Because he followed DeBoer. Of course. Okay. Got confused there for a minute. All right, what else do you have? All right, so I stumbled across this. Obviously, the Super Bowl is coming up a little over a week away. Uh, CBS is planning on using a total of 165 cameras for this year's Super Bowl. What's normal? Uh, I don't know what normal would be. I would assume 100, (laughs) but they have three drones, five sky cams, 24 robotic cameras, 20 end zone pylon cameras. I don't know where, like I can I can think of where four can go. I can't think of the other where the other sixteen are going to go. There, twenty four cameras with four K zoom. This is my favorite. Six Doink cameras, which are inside the uprights. I think whoever came up with the name Doink is hilarious. Uh, twenty three augmented reality cameras, six hundred plus uh, record and playback channels, forty nine replay machines. They'll still find a way to mess up calls. Uh, and 19 television mobile units. The amount of power that they're going to be using in electricity is going to be through the roof. Vegas can handle it. They can um, handle it. That's true. Uh, yeah, this is not – I don't get geeked. My my very good friend Steve Zabin gets geeked for all of this. I mean, he's got – you know, he's Mr. Gadget guy. He is always – I mean, I can tell you, you know, you go play golf with him and he's got a camera and he's like, you know, videotaping uh, half of what, you know, you're doing out on the course. I don't, I, whatever the normal number of cameras is for a game during the regular season, I can't imagine that I would need more than that um, as a fan. The thing that I hope doesn't happen, I hope the director of the broadcast doesn't fall in love with all of these different cameras. And then all of a sudden, the Super Bowl, the most important game of the year, and we're watching it as viewers, looks different than all of the other games we've watched. You know, if you go back to Fox and their debut as the NFC partner back in 1994 after CBS had it for all of those years, there were innovations that were obviously very, very incredibly beneficial to fans watching the game before Fox televised NFL games in 1994 Denton the score and the clock were not a constant on the screen (laughs) so you would be watching a game and if you walked into a bar you couldn't immediately know what the score what the what quarter they were in how much time was left that was an incredible innovation for the time but they also did something in the first 3 or 4 years they added i remember many more cameras than were used for um the broadcast of games on CBS and NBC was the AFC partner 
at the time. And they started to do something that they did for several years until finally they stopped doing it because it wasn't popular. They started to shoot a lot of the plays or the director would go to for many of the plays, the end zone view. And I remember being, what what are you doing to us? Why are we watching from behind the quarterback or from behind the the last man standing on defense, you know, the free safety? Why would you do that? Why do you think the tickets are much more expensive at the 50-yard line than they are behind the goalposts? Now, a lot of people, when they go to games, prefer to sit in the end zones. They love that angle. But for years, you were watching you know, games on television as if you had a 50-yard line seat for the most part. And they did that for the first five or six years. Uh, they wouldn't do it on every play, but it would be one out of every three plays. And they always felt like, for whatever reason, it was very advantageous to have that view in red zone or even goal-to-go situations. So you'd be watching you know, the 50-yard line view, and then all of a sudden, Washington against Dallas, and Dallas is in a first and goal at the eight, and you're in the end zone watching Troy Aikman and Irvin and, and Emmett Smith from behind Washington's free safety at the time. It was very distracting and disconcerting. They eventually moved away from it, but they stuck with it for years. The point being is that you don't want the director to get, you know, to fall in love with all of these different camera angles and then give us a game in a way that we're not used to watching it. That would be my perspective. Um, you know, but I bet you we do get something that looks different. In fact, I think we did in last year's Super Bowl. I think we got a completely different angle for goal-to-go situations last year. If you go back and you look at goal-to-go situations, Philly, Kansas City, it was a different shot. Um, It was tighter. It may have been a little bit overhead, uh, but it was different. Um, I don't love that. I don't care about all of this stuff. Uh, But, you know, it's certainly worth the investment given how many people are going to watch this game. You know, somebody said, I I, I don't know if it was you who told me this um, after the show yesterday, we were talking about it as we were preparing for today's show um, in our post-show meeting, or if um, I had this conversation with Tommy. Um, But, you know, Taylor Swift has brought some new viewers to the NFL this year, and it's, it's awesome. But when you get to the Super Bowl and we've got 125 million people plus watching, the NFL is going to bring Taylor Swift some new fans. <laughs> it'll be flipped right. the other way uh, because it'll be as big as she is and as many massive stadiums as she's sold out over and over again. And no matter how many millions have watched the movie of her concert tour, whatever that's called, uh, she'll never have the audience like she has on, that she'll have on Super Bowl Sunday. Um, all right, you have anything else? Yes, there's one final thing. This is not a news story. It's more of a um, a friendly wager, if you will. Okay. Last year's Super Bowl, the most watched ever, 114.2 million. Would you care to make a friendly wager on what the the number that this Super Bowl draws in? Well, it's it's going to be number one all time. Yes. Last year's was number one. 
uh, this this one will exceed it, right? It's yeah. it's it's a massive matchup in San Francisco and Kansas City. It's Mahomes. You've got the Taylor Swift factor added into this one. Um, we've already seen championship game records and divisional round records shattered. Uh, you know, the, the, the competitive level of the game always matters last year. You know, it was a back and forth game that came down to a walk-off field goal. You know, if you end up getting a blowout and it's, you know, 27 to three at halftime, that will, you know, potentially impact the numbers, but assuming a fairly competitive game, this one approaches 120 million. Last year was 115, you said, or 114, 114.2. Uh, this one will approach the uh, 120. Will smash last year's record. All right, but I'm, I'll just say over. You're, so, well, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a number. So I'm gonna give you a number that I think it's gonna hit because I'm factoring in it's simulcast on Nickelodeon as well. So my guess is that there's gonna be a lot of Super Bowl parties that have two TVs going. So that's gonna count twice: one for the kids on Nickelodeon and one for the actual broadcast. I think this is gonna do 125 million. That's a lot. That's 11 million more more viewers watching, but I think this is going to do 125. I'll go under that. You do under. I'll go I, under that. I'm going to go 125. And we can. I wish take some calls next week leading up to it to see if anybody wants to play along with us. But I think 125 is what it's going to be. Yeah, I think. Um, uh, you know, I, I love talking to like John Orand in particular, the people that really follow this stuff. So we'll get John on the show next week, uh, hopefully in advance of the Super Bowl, but. Um, you know, I don't know that everybody loves this stuff. Um, in fact, I know everybody doesn't love or follow this stuff. I'm not even sure, other than it's the biggest television show of the year, I'm not even sure a lot of just you know casual sports fans understand that essentially every single year for the last decade plus of the hundred of the 100 most watched television shows of the year, 95 of them are football games, live football games, 90 of which are NFL games, and the other five are college football games. And then you'll have, you know, some, you know, in an election year, maybe some massive uh, election night coverage. You'll have the, you know, the Oscars. um, But that's it. I mean, it's probably more like 97 of the top 100 shows are live football games. Live football is keeping regular over-the-air broadcast TV around, period. Um, It's the only thing that kills it uh, versus all of the other options, streaming, etc., that are out there. Uh, It is the sports business juggernaut. Um, and nothing is even close. It's it's a business juggernaut. I mean, take Pepsi, take Coke and McDonald's and some of the biggest, you know, Apple, some of the biggest brands. The NFL probably starts to to approach, you know, the top t- the top of the second tier of retail uh, brands and products in this country. It's massive. All right, um, we will get to Charlie Casserly next hour. Uh, coming up though. Uh, we'll get your thoughts uh, a day later on Dan Quinn, number one. And then number two, who do you want Dan Quinn to hire as the team's offensive coordinator? 301-230-0980. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980 and theteam980.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. So we are opening up our Ace Law listener lines, 301-230-0980, We'll take calls. I want your reaction a day later. Uh, maybe some of the emotions have died down. What do you think of the Dan Quinn hiring? But part two is, who do you want Dan Quinn to hire to be his offensive coordinator? A huge uh, hire. The you know report from Jeremy Fowler last night about Chip Kelly being a candidate for the position. Um, who do you want? Uh, we will uh, get to your calls uh, coming up here in just a few minutes. 301-230-0980. I wanted to play um, Mike Garofolo from the NFL Network, a longtime NFL reporter, was on a show in Seattle yesterday, and he was asked about why Ben Johnson – you know, didn't ultimately decide to take a job. In Seattle specifically, he was asked about it. Here's what he said. What happened with Johnson? He was such a hot name. What happened in that process, do you think? I don't think he interviewed particularly well. Um, And I I listen, I've I've heard some rumblings before. (laughs) All right, let's back up. So Johnson withdrew. And he withdrew as Washington was flying to go see him, which did not go over well at all uh, with the Washington uh, organization at all. Um, but I believe he withdrew from two coaching circuit, coaching searches that he wouldn't have gotten the job anyway. So um, that's the old, you're not fired, and, you know, I quit. Or I'm not fired, I quit. One of those deals. Uh, so, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think he really bowled people over in the interview process at all. Um, and I've heard that his personality is, you know, he's very smart, very bright, great play caller. Uh, but I've heard that his personality is kind of, um, I don't know, not the most gregarious guy, not not a Mike McDonald type guy or even a Dan Quinn type guy. Uh, so I think that came across in the interview process. I, 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 my belief, my belief is that he came into this, Adam Peters had Ben Johnson uh, as his guy. And Adam Peters was not the only one making the decision there in Washington, which is not to say that he's undermined, uh, but Rick Spielman was involved, Josh Harris, obviously the owner of the organization, Bob Myers involved as well. So it was four people who came to a collective decision, and it was not going to be Ben Johnson. Um, so there's a lot there from Garofolo. Uh I'll address it real quickly. Um, as far as he didn't think that he interviewed very well, and that kind of goes hand-in-hand hand potentially with – him describing him, he didn't use this word, but as an introvert. You know, there was this discussion, as I shared with you guys early in the week, that uh, Ben Johnson was the guy that really preferred to 
go into his office on Monday, close the doors, and emerge on Wednesday with a killer game plan for the upcoming opponent. That Campbell, in particular, and Aaron Glenn, to a lesser degree, were the alphas in the building. They were the true leaders. This wasn't something that Ben Johnson felt strongly about with respect to his ability to lead the entire room to lead an entire organization. I think ultimately, whether it was because he interviewed poorly or because he may have some self-awareness about what his limitations are as the the guy rather than, you know, the the, the supporting guy, um, he wasn't ultimately going to be the hire for anybody. Uh, yeah, Adam Peters, um, you know, that he, he mentioned that he wouldn't have gotten the job anyway, uh, had he gone through with the interview with Washington, he did go through the interview with Seattle. Now, the last part, a lot of you have focused on and tweeted me about Adam Peters, not the only guy making the decision there as if somehow Adam Peters, as he said, he said, he's not being undermined. Um, but Look, I think the, you know, Josh Harris talked about in the introduction of Adam Peters that this was going to be a process in identifying the new head coach, which was going to be collaborate. It was going to be a collaboration. But Adam Peters was certainly going to be a big voice and lead it. But they've got a search committee. They've got a search committee for the GM and they had a search committee for the head coach. Uh, So. Um, you know, they certainly, I don't think we're we're going to pick a guy that Adam Peters didn't want because they talked about the aligned vision and finding somebody that would work hand in hand with Adam Peters. And they believed it was Dan Quinn. All right. Phone lines open 301-230-0980. Dan Quinn, a day later, what do you think? And who do you want him to hire? as the offensive coordinator. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980 and the Team980.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.